Blog Talk Radio. Welcome, world. Welcome once again to Tuesday Talk with Key West Lou. I am your host, Louis Patron. This has been an exceptional week, uh, neither positive nor negative, not good, not bad, very dramatic, sorrowful, okay, indicating quite clearly that our country, the United States of America, is at a crossroads. Now, what am I talking about? I'm talking, first of all, about black, uh, police officers and black people and what is going on between the two groups. Uh, we need healing. Absolutely no question. I'm not a genius in saying it. Many, if not most, are saying it. The country needs healing. Uh, Minneapolis, Baton Rouge, and now Dallas this past week are perfect examples that we need a healing process. I saw this coming. I'm going to say it. I'm not bragging or anything. I've been saying it, though, for two years. When the the police officers started shooting black people, I said, this can't go on. All right? You can only defecate on a people so long. Then there's going to be retribution. There's going to be retaliation. It will be payback time. You know, it's very simple. Violence begets violence. I repeat, violence begets violence. I hope that whatever goes on from this point forward will heal. However, it is not going to happen overnight. It is not going to happen quickly. It's going to take time. It's taken us years to get to this point, and it's going to take us years, I hope not as long, to get out of this. Uh, You just don't end what's going on between police and black people. Uh, It's not like turning a water faucet on and off. You know, you turn it, you turn it on, you got water. You turn it off, the water's gone instantaneously. This is not going to be resolved in that quick a fashion. I also want to point out something that happened in Minneapolis, and there has not been much uh, play on this media-wise. It shows that we know five police officers were were killed in Dallas. There is nothing worse than a loss of life, but I can show you. Another example where there can be a loss of life, even though the person survives. In Minneapolis, a black person dropped a concrete block on the head of a police officer. A concrete block on the head of a police officer. Fractured spine, the result, the police officer may be paralyzed for life not yet known. Now, it's people reacting again. It's not right what the black person did here, but that's the way it is. You crap on me, I'm going to crap on you. You push me around, I'm going to push you around. You push my people around, I'm going to push you around. Remember this, my friends. Every action results in an equal and opposite reaction. Every action results in an opposite reaction. Now I want to skip over to the New York Times. Who am I to say I think the New York Times is off base? I've got to say it tonight. I can't believe what I read today. The New York Times came out in an article this morning, massive article, front page, and the New York Times said that new evidence, new evidence shows that there is no racial bias in the police retaliations, in the police shootings. Let me repeat. Excuse me. There is no 
evidence showing racial bias in in police shootings, police-related shootings. Okay? No racial bias. Now, how did this come about? Well, they put together a staff of New York Times people who committed themselves to 3,000 hours, they claim, and I believe it, of assembling data from police reports in several cities involving police officers shooting black people. They came up with 1,332 shootings from 2000 to 2015. I don't agree. Police are more likely to fire their weapons without having been attacked. Uh, I do agree. No, I do agree with that. I'm sorry. I apologize. Uh, I do believe that uh, police officers are quicker with blacks than with whites. Uh, this is the way it's been going on, I mean, for several years now. We, we see black children. We see black men. Some with guns, some without guns, some guns on their bodies, no guns on their bodies, and police officers shooting them or, in another fashion, killing them. I don't buy it. I don't buy that there's no racial bias involved. And the reason is, okay, and you've all heard this, if it walks like a duck, it looks like a duck, and it quacks like a duck, it is a duck. That's what we have here. We have all these black officers, white, I'm sorry, police officers shooting black people, and the New York Times tell us no racial bias involved based upon data. Uh, I'm a believer in numbers, but in this instance, I don't agree. There is a flaw here. I don't know where it is. I'm sure this article is going to be interpreted and attacked. Maybe not. Who knows? Uh, but the results of the inquiry the results of putting all that data together, the results of the 3,000 hours do not make sense to me. Let me briefly talk about Donald Trump and Hillary Clinton. Uh, the next several weeks are going to be interesting. They are going to be intense. It is a battle, and I think it's going to get worse. Okay, it's not going to get better till Election Day, but it's going to grow in intensity over the next several weeks. Who will win? Right now, Hillary's three points up. She should be more up, but she isn't. Creates a problem. Uh, the re conventions, the conventions may alter people's thinking one way or the other, Hillary or Trump. I believe that the Republican convention next week is going to have protests like we haven't seen in years, and these protests are going to be outside in the streets at the uh, convention site. I remember, you know, I was a young lawyer practicing law back in 68 when the Democrats had these riots and demonstrations in the streets during their national convention. It changed the course of our politics. It changed the course of the Democratic Party. And if the same thing happens before the Republican convention, it could very well change the course of many things. We have to be patient. We have to wait and see what is going to happen. I want to talk about Venezuela. I have been talking about Venezuela for four years. Uh, ever since it was announced that Venezuela ran out of toilet paper. Now, you've heard it so much from me. I, I smile and I laugh when I say this. I can't conceive how a nation can run out of toilet paper. 
Well, let's give Venezuela the benefit of the doubt. They ran out of toilet paper four years ago. But don't you go out and get some more toilet paper? Don't you set up a process whereby you either manufacture it yourself or you buy it from an outside source so your people have enough toilet paper? <laughs> it's a necessity of life. You can't argue the point. Okay? And I have been following. Their president four years ago was Nicolas Maduro. He is still president of Venezuela. A more inept, a more incompetent man I have never seen leading a country. Absolutely terrible. And what are they? What, this, this thing's gone on. First it was toilet paper. Um, then it was food. The farmers couldn't raise the food because it cost them more to raise it. Uh, than they could get from selling it to the stores. People didn't have the money to buy the food at the stores. The stores started closing down and not keeping food. Uh, food ha people are only working one day a week, those that have jobs, because Venezuela does not have the capacity to generate electricity for work purposes more than one day a week. Are you kidding me? Venezuela, that has the largest oil deposits anywhere in the world, they're having these problems, okay? Now, what I'm going to share with you now is terrible. It's actually sickening. People are desperate for food. And what's been happening is this. They're taking their pets, their dogs and cats, and they're abandoning them on highways because they can't afford to feed them. It's either the family or the pets. Do the pets. People go out and hunt okay, hunt these dogs and cats, okay, to capture them and shoot them so they can take them home and cook them and eat them. People are hunting the dog, abandoned dogs and cats to go out and bring them home and eat them for food. Pet owners themselves are eating their own dogs and cats at home. Now, if that isn't disgusting, that isn't terrible, that isn't an outrage, I don't know what is. This is incomprehensible also. Uh, this Maduro, I have been saying for four years, why don't the people revolt? If there was ever a time and a place for a revolution, it's Venezuela. This guy stays in power. It's a totalitarian government. The people have nothing and continue somehow or apparently to support him. Uh, just bad. Uh, I'm, I'm forgetting here for a moment. Excuse me. Oh, the other thing I wanted to point out on this here, and I've said this before, one of the ways Maduro keeps his people in line, he blames the United States for their problems. He is pulling a Fidel Castro. Castro used to do this for years. He has told his people that they don't have enough power, they don't have enough food, they don't have enough anything, because America is giving them problems that is ca are causing, these problems are causing the results of not enough of anything in Venezuela. He also is keeping his people aroused and in a state of we're ready to go to war because he says the United States is going to attack Venezuela. Would you believe all this? Uh, it's, it's hard to accept. It's hard, it's hard to comprehend. But that's the way it is, and they're eating their dogs and cats in Venezuela. I write a column once a week for a local newspaper here in Key West called Conch Life. Uh, let me briefly share with you what the article will be. It hits the newsstands tomorrow. I call it the new prostitution, the new prostitution. 
Very interesting. Extremely interesting because I really wasn't aware of this till someone happened to mention it to me and I started doing research. We have a new prostitution economy, okay? You know, Bernie Sanders said, "Kid, these our college students can't afford to go to college. We've got to give them free college. Uh, they can't afford to pay the debt uh, they incur by borrowing after they're out of school. They can't buy their homes, get married. It's a horrible situation. We've got to have free college educations. Well, the new prostitution is called the Girlfriend experience, the girlfriend experience. It really is sugar daddies and sugar babies, you know, the older man supporting the younger girl. Here is how it works. All right. Most of the participants on the female side are college students uh, or young ladies in their 20s, though there are women in their 30s, 40s, and 50s participating in this. They are unable to handle their college debt, their rent, their school loans, some want designer clothes and can't buy them, and some just do what I'm going to share with you now for the fun of it. It's prostitution without pimps, without street walkers, without brothels, all right? And here's the way it works. Uh, older men want young girlfriends. Fact of life, Okay. Older men like to go out with younger ladies. Uh, so you've got gentlemen in their 40s, 50s, and 60s who want classy, educated, beautiful, okay, ladies for a few hours a night or for a whole night, for a day, for a weekend, or a trip. And they want a relationship that is like not a prostitute where, you know, uh, the man pays the woman money. Uh, it's, it's a quick bang, excuse the way I put it, thank you ma'am, and he's out the door. No, they want the dinner, they want to take the girls out to dinner, they want to take them to the show, the theater, uh, they want to be able to talk about world events with them, they want to have sex with them, but it's, they want it from the perspective of a girlfriend experience, but a girlfriend with the, who's very young, in the 20s. The money involved is absolutely out of sight. These ladies are getting $400 or $500 an hour on the low side to $5,000 or more a night, more for longer periods of time. Uh, many of these young ladies have their customers or their sugar daddies on a weekly basis. They see them over a period of several months or a couple of years, one night a week. Okay, for and many of these situations, as I point out in, in my column, the girls are getting five thousand dollars a month. Okay, for this to show up one night a week and go to dinner and everything else. So these ladies are now making, and they don't do this every night. They do it anywhere from one to three nights with one to three men. They're making six-figure money for an absolutely part-time job, where the ladies are treated extremely well. Now, are the women oppressed who do this in this new prostitution, uh, this new prostitution economy? Well, you have to ask them. And they say no. These young ladies say no. The ladies who work for 7 to $10 an hour are the oppressed ones. That's what they say. The ladies who work for 7 to 10 hours, 
and now are the oppressed ones. These women are not ashamed. It's a job, nothing more. They are not emotionally involved, as the article suggests. They are not emotionally involved, and it's just a job, but they're getting paid well for this job. Uh, I want to make an observation here. Uh, you notice how all 10 years ago, would anybody have believed we'd have same-sex marriage? Five years ago, when anyone had believed several states were had already or were going to legalize marijuana, and eventually marijuana is going to be legalized all over the United States, and by the way, marijuana is being taxed very heavily in the states where it is legal. Well, I say this. Lewis is I'm sticking my neck up, but I don't think I am. I believe prostitution will be legal. We're going to have legalized prostitution in the next 10 years. It, it happened. What happened quickly with same-sex marriage and with marijuana reflects how swiftly these social things move today. Uh, we're going. Fifteen nations, by the way, worldwide, already have say, have um, legalized uh, prostitution. Uh, Germany, France, Canada, to a large extent. Uh, many nations. New Zealand. Uh, they have this, and it works for them. And the government, the politicians sold this to the people on the basis of it gives dignity to the women. Uh, we're not going to criminalize them. It's a job like any jo other job out in society. Uh, they don't have to be ashamed to have it. There, we'll also make sure that they have pensions and hospitalization. Well, that's the selling line. It's really a crock. Okay, the countries that have legalized prostitution have done it for tax purposes. Germany, for example, taxes every governmental entity involved, from the federal government to the state to the community. All right, uh, everybody's got their hands in the pockets of the prostitutes here. And I'll tell you right now, Germany's made a shitload, excuse the way I put it, of money over the last 10 years with legalized prostitution. Another reason why our guys in Congress will go for it. Read my article if you have the opportunity. Uh, the new prostitution, uh, it, it will be linked to my Key West Lou website or my daily blog shows, and you can pick it up from there starting Thursday. It makes for good reading. It's, it's very interesting want to talk now about immigration in Europe. Let's start with Germany. Dusseldorf, major city in Germany, a police report, secret thus far, got revealed, got out this past week. And it said that in Dusseldorf alone, but throughout Germany, child rapes and sexual abuse are on the rise. Child rapes and sexual abuse of adult women, okay? Especially in the last couple of months at swimming pools. Seems to be a surge. Seems to be a surge. Uh, and this was leaked from a Dusseldorf police report. Most of the perpetrators are, as you would expect, Muslims. Uh, they're coming from a sexually repressive Muslim country. Uh, which I find strange, sexually repressive Muslim country. They don't respect women over there. I mean, a, a woman can, they're abused. Uh, 
Anyhow, the Muslim immigrants are at the basis of this, and the German people are extremely upset. Uh, just one more reason why immigration uh, is not working for Germany. Uh, Merkel made a mistake. Uh, her people still love her, so what do I know? Now, let's go to Berlin. I'm going to stay in Germany. We're going to go to Berlin. Civil unrest in Berlin. There was a riot uh, a few days ago in Berlin in a neighborhood called Riga, R-I-G-A. 3,500 people rioted, demonstrated against the police. Sound familiar? 3,500 people rioted against the police. Uh, The problem behind all this is, number one, you've got many Muslims. Number two, the area, Riga area, is run down. It's old buildings. People live in them. Don't get me wrong. But it's not the best of living accommodations or living quarters. Turns out the people on the right, the rich people, the affluent Germany, want to make some money off this. And they're they're starting to take over the buildings. They're going to tear them down and build condominiums and redo the neighborhood. Well, what do you do with the people who are living there now who cannot afford to live anywhere else? No one seems to care. The police take them and put them on the street with their furniture. All right? Uh, Doesn't make sense and doesn't make sense to the people living in the neighborhood. And so the police, people are pissed off at the police. And the people that are irritated and they're assuming the burden for the young and the old are the young people who live in this neighborhood. They were in for this riot the other night. They wore black hoods so they wouldn't be recognized, dark sunglasses, 3,500 of them. And they carried banners. Uh, their banner, one banner said, Housing Solidarity against state terror, housing solidarity against state terror. And it also said, Bullenschwein, get out of Riga. Now, I couldn't figure out, I looked it up, what the hell does Bullenschwein mean? I figured it meant police get out of Riga. Uh, But what I find is Bullenschwein is a protest associated with a movement for social change. So, Perhaps that's what it means. But there's a battle going on there. The, the demonstrators used bottles, uh, cobblestones, firecrackers, and the police came back with tear gas, helicopters, and also called in, the Berlin police called in for help from other communities. They couldn't handle the 3,500. At the end of the evening, there were 1,800 police officers fighting with 3,500 protesters. It was a street battle. Cars were destroyed. Fire started. A minister, a German minister from the right. You got to talk right and left there, conservative and liberal. It's no different than in this country. They just had a a, a further extreme. Uh, A a conservative, a uh, big shot in government, German government, described the area as, and I quote, a left orgy of violence, not just an orgy of violence, a left orgy of violence. Uh, it was a massive orgy of violence. Tensions are expected to get worse. This was only the beginning. There are elections in September, and between now and then, that's the word. It's going to get worse. Uh, this is clearly people versus police. In this country, we have 
police versus blacks. Uh, why is this happening? It's over housing, an item important to the poor. Which now brings me to France. France has got similar problems. This weekend, a senior French police official, a senior French police official, said if the protests in Paris continue, it could lead to a civil war. And the civil war would not be led by the people fighting for the poor people, the liberals. It would be led by France's far right, the money people. And what are their motivations? They want to keep what they have. They want to put down the left and the liberals once and for all. A lot of these people are Muslims, by the way. And immigration's evolved all over the place in this issue. The intensity is increasing uh, in this Riga neighborhood right now. I worry about the United States, uh, not because of immigration, uh, though a lot of people seem to worry about the people coming in from Mexico. I understand the problems. They're not as acute as they are in France and Germany. Uh, I worry, though, because of the black uh, people and the white police officer problem. That really bothers the hell out of me, and I, it bothers you, too. And I believe, because I have said earlier in the show, Dallas is not the end. It's only the beginning. Dallas has the potential for a major eruption. The wood in this country, the wood in this country is dry. Only a spark is required to, 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 to create a conflagration. It's going to go into a big fire mess. Staying with immigrants for a moment, and this is interesting what I'm going to share with you, and it's not desponding in any fashion. I want to talk about Alexander Hamilton quickly. He was an immigrant. Uh, you got to remember, when did the Puritans come over? 1622, 1624? Uh, they were the first Europeans to settle here. So everyone's an immigrant in this country because they only started coming in the 1620s. By our revolution in 1775, roughly 150 years, every white person here was an immigrant. All the people except for the Indians. It makes sense. Well, Hamilton, Alexander Hamilton, great American. He was born and lived in the Caribbean island of Nevis. He came to America, to the colonies in 1773, when he was only 16 or 18 years old. They're not sure of his age because of his date of birth, but it was either 16 or 18 years old. Three years later, in the Revolution, Washington sees him, takes him under his wing because he's impressed with Hamilton, who's only a kid. He's, what, 20 now, 21? And mentored him. Washington mentored Alexander Hamilton. He saw that this young man had something on the ball, and George Washington was correct. The father of our Constitution is Alexander Hamilton, okay? And he also guided our country in its early years economically. The man, without any formal education, was an economic genius. Want to talk quickly about Congress? They leave Friday on a seven-week vacation. Paid vacation almost two months. Isn't it terrific? With no money having been allocated for Zika, the great disease caused by mosquitoes. We're, we're supposed to be scared. Beware. It's happening in other parts of the world. Uh, they, all, they had hearings. we got to do something. That was four, five, six months ago. Nothing's been done. Uh, the president wants X number of dollars. The House of Representatives says you only get this much. The Senate says even less. 
They haven't agreed. They can't agree. So they're going on vacation, and the word is they're not going to resolve the Zika problem. Most of them are saying it isn't going to happen in their state or the area where they're elected. Well, we're going to see two months from now when they come back. Uh, it'll be terrible if something does happen. And the money's all gone. The money that was initially allocated, some small sum, is gone uh, to look into this problem. And this is what they're doing. These guys are terrible down there. I wish we, in one sweep, we could get rid of them all and replace them. Very quickly, the bikini. Remember the bikini? I'm only talking, that's the bathing suit, ladies. And the underwear today, we have bikini underwear, was introduced uh, in in July 1946, okay, by a French designer, this skimpy two-piece bathing suit. It revolutionized swimming attire. It's still there today. Now it's a thong thing on the bottom. And it also revolutionized the underwear industry for women. Born in 1946. That's my show for tonight. Thank you for joining me. Uh, I love doing the show. And I'm thrilled that you people join me uh, here on Tuesday nights or on most of you read the archive version during the week. We're archived on Black Talk Radio, YouTube, and linked to Key West, the Key West Lou website. I do a blog every morning, keywestlou.com, keywestlou.com. It's my life in Key West. Uh, it's not heavy. It talks about things I do. If you like Key West, read my blog. Occasionally I'll put some social things in. I'm talking about something heavy, uh, social mores. But read the blog. If you, you want to know about the Key West, you'll find out by what I have done the day before. Thank you again for joining me. I look forward to talking with you again next week. <laughs>